0: This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at the markets, I'm Tyler Donaldson. Power trading market analyst Ben Cash says the lack of fresh news and weather has the grain markets trading lower.
1: Weather leans a little bit bearish as well. Argentina's going to see uh, some rains later on, and then harvest progress up in northern parts of Brazil. Uh, really like the coming up on, you know, very important weather situation in South America and we're going to need some rains the month of february to realize this large crop that the usda basically has laid out for both argentina and brazil uh, so there is still plenty of weather to work through but today it just seems like the forecast leans a little bit negative a dollar higher and then pretty light demand news here recently last week's export sales for the week are somewhat disappointing on the soybean side um, pretty much as expected for both corn and wheat though
0: basis bids at the regional grain elevators followed by the red river farm network continue to see minor changes Corn basis at Worthington widening by 6 cents to 16 under the March contract. The corn basis at Aberdeen narrowed by 7 cents to 53 under the March. The soybean basis is unchanged from a week ago, ranging from 60 to 90 under the March contract. Spring wheat basis is mostly unchanged, ranging from 10 to 75 under the March Minneapolis contract. Earlier in the week, Van Ahn and company market analyst Jim Emter said the livestock markets were continuing to look firm
1: cutouts firming, you've got uh, you know, the supply situation that remains around. Yes, demand may be suspect at times as you work ahead, but we've got some technical momentum now, and we're coming into these first to second price counts for both feeder cattle live cattle. They're also, ironically, the 50% retracement levels, and you've also got the 100 and 200-day moving averages into these areas. So this is just your first major inflection point.
0: The grain markets pushed lower on Monday. Total Farm Marketing Market Analyst John Heinberg says the soybean demand remains weak.
2: Chinese soybean meal prices are at forty-month lows on their Dalian exchange. You know so that just keeps them out of the market a little bit. Then on top of that, we did have some rumor, possibly confirmed sales of U.S. importers stepping into that Brazilian market, just given some of the premiums that are there, the lack of premiums that are there because of the harvest and the constant pressure. You know it's cheaper for them to bring beans in from Brazil than to use. Those source beans here out of the United States. Obviously, that's a very negative mindset in the marketplace in general. So, we'll have to see if that story continues to develop.
0: The weekly report from the Energy Information Administration says ethanol production during the week ending January 26 totaled 991,000 barrels per day. That is up 173,000 barrels per day from the previous week. Ethanol stocks are down one and a half million barrels to 24 and a third million barrels. Meanwhile, cattle numbers are at levels not seen since nineteen fifty one. According to USDA's semi annual cattle inventory report, there were eighty seven and a quarter million head of cattle and calves as of January first. That's down two percent from last year, but it is in line with trade expectations. The cattle inventory is down four and a half percent in North Dakota, down one and a half percent in South Dakota, and down just one percent in Minnesota. AgWatch Market Advisors President Dewey Strickler says Friday's jobs report is the big market factor. The market's
3: kind of weakened up here, son. You, and that's mostly because of uh, the stronger dollar that we got here. Jobs number uh, came out uh, today and it was uh, better than expected, so that put a little uh, pressure on the dollar moving up and pressure to grains here, and of course, you know, that's uh, pretty well sums up the grains
0: here. Strickler says the jobs report is also impacting the livestock trade.
3: Livestock has been supported uh, here because of the job numbers, uh, more or less, and of course when you look at the cattle, we're going to be looking at, uh, you know, smaller numbers going into uh, the summer here, so, and also too, you know, with the winter weather that we've had, uh, we've lost some weight gains uh, considerably here, and that's supporting uh, the cattle.
0: That was a look at the markets this week for the Red River Farm Network. I'm Tyler Donaldson. Hear from some of the top industry specialists
2: from around the world of agriculture by attending an egg focus conference hosted by Egg Country Farm Credit Services. Take in a day of learning by picking from multiple conference options, each featuring a unique agenda. Join the Egg Country team in Fargo, North Dakota, or Jamestown, North Dakota. Can't make it in person? No problem. You can watch the Egg Focus Fargo conference virtually visit eggcountry.com slash events for more details and registration
3: my name is anna Haig and i am the north dakota state ffa treasurer save the date giving hearts day falls on thursday february 8th you have the option to make your donation ahead of time north dakota boasts 95 chapters and eight thousand members who contribute to the success of giving hearts day every dollar raised during this event goes towards programming in north dakota if you wish to donate please follow these steps go to ndffafoundation.com and click on the giving hearts day web banner make your gift count and support the ndffa foundation on giving hearts day
4: with a look at farm news this week in agriculture i'm randy Or early in the week north dakota stockman's association president jason leeseth said his phone was going off nonstop over the issue of electronic identification With those policy committees complete at the Cattle Industry Convention, Lee Seth was pleased with how the issue was handled.
1: You know, in the policy committee, I I felt we had a very uh, healthy discussion for the industry about the topic. Um, You know, there was none of the mention of mandatory and things like that that were tossed around and mandatory feed of cattle identification that that the phone was calling about. Uh, None of that stuff surfaced in in the the proposed amendment from the member and and it was really an excellent example of uh, grassroots policy being made.
4: Lisa said the final amendment
1: would uh, encourage the, the advancement toward uh, electronic animal ID uh, for cattle over breeding cattle over 18 months of age. And uh, and I guess then we include rodeo cattle and exhibition cattle and dairy cattle and uh, which lines up with what APHIS is, uh, they should be submitting a final rule on, on what they intend to have. So uh, it'll line up probably with what APHIS comes out with hopefully here shortly and on that class of cattle. And we do need to have
4: the ability to track them Policy work continued right up till the final uh, end of the CattleCon 24. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Don Wick had more.
2: North Dakota Stockman's Association past president Dan Rorvig has chaired the NCBA Tax and Credit Committee for the past two years. The Mayville Ranchers had several significant tax provisions are scheduled to sunset at the end of 2025.
5: Well, the estate tax, of course, is a, is a major one. We strive for complete repeal of that. But uh, what we're really also, if we're not able to get the whole thing repealed or make it go away, we want to at least keep these uh, exemption numbers at a level that's current with with our, with our industry today. Uh, currently, uh, we're at like $13 million exemption, and if we do nothing, it'll revert back to less than half that. And we all know what these values have done in the last 10 years, and we, we can't let that happen. There's also some real significant situations for some of our deductibilities and uh, some of our other exclusions and these 2017 laws uh, would be uh, going backwards at a pretty fast rate. Obviously a very divided congress right now. How do you get change when uh, something like that when it's very much needed? Well you hope that cooler heads prevail and you hope that people do the right thing.
2: The NCBA Tax and Credit Committee is surveying cattle producers about tax issues that will be coming to a head within the next couple weeks. The Corporate Transparency Act is a, another issue that is a concern.
5: kind of slid in under the radar. Uh, we just woke up one morning and there it is. Uh, so uh, that needs to be brought to many producers' attention who it affects is any of those who have formed some sort of entity, basically anything other than the sole proprietorship, whether it's an LLC, LLP, a corporation, it's, uh, it's an additional reporting requirement that those entities are going to be required to do.
4: Senate Ag Committee Chair Debbie Stabenow receiving criticism on her proposal to offer farmers a yearly choice between PLC and ARC programs at the current reference prices or an area-wide crop insurance program with higher premium support. North Dakota Senator John Hoven said he could not support this proposal because it does not adequately improve the farm safety net. That's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
1: Selling farmland can be a a once-in-a-lifetime decision. This is Chris Griffin with Red River Land Company in Grand Forks. With decades of experience in farm real estate, our company and its founder, John Botsford, understand the agricultural landscape and are here to help guide you through the process from start to finish. We encourage you to visit redriverlandco.com to check out our listings and recent sales. If you have land to sell or manage or just want to discuss the land market, Let's talk. Red River Land Company, your trusted name in farm real estate.
4: Thanks to the American farmer for putting food on the plate, clothes on our back, and fuel in our tank. Your work is measured in acres, not ours. The Red River Farm Network is here to deliver farm news, markets, and weather information to the best farmers in the business. From Rugby to Benson and Roseau to Aberdeen, the Red River Farm Network covers agriculture. Go online to rrfn.com to find your local Red River Farm Network radio station. Podcasts are also available online at rrfn.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify.
6: With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Warm weather across the midsection of the U.S. is generating some concern about the winter wheat crop. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says big temperature swings are the concern.
0: We have seen temperature swings exceeding 100 degrees Fahrenheit over the last two weeks. We've pretty much flushed a lot of the snow out of the Great Plains region, especially the High Plains and that does leave the crop exposed, winter wheat exposed to potential weather
1: extremes as we head into February.
6: So far, winter wheat has not broken dormancy. Bagley Livestock Exchange owner Billy Bichelle says unseasonably warm weather has not provided a lot of benefits to cattle producers in the area. In fact, it may be causing more harm than good.
3: Um, And as far as the warmer weather, made things a little more miserable for the producers in our region, it's not really that good for cattle. Uh, uh, weaning the calves and stuff, people had more trouble with them this year just because the temperatures were were milder than what they were used to. Uh, and obviously, like their pens and their lots and stuff were soft and muddy, uh, where they expect to, uh, you know, to have nice, nice, hard uh, frozen ground usually, you know, and, and, you know, easier to keep the cattle clean and healthy.
6: Some producers were able to take advantage of a lack of snow cover, but that wasn't the norm.
3: We don't expect to do any grazing this time of year, you know. I mean, we could have grazed longer, and a few individuals were able to with the lack of snowfall and the milder temperatures. But it's not what you try to do, because it's, it's very rare that you do it. So... So very few people were able to take advantage of the extra grazing time frame because it just wasn't something that you know we normally do. So so you use you plan on using up your grass, <laughs> you know by the by November, you know most most cow calf operators. So even though the weather was good, the grass was gone anyway.
6: University of Minnesota Extension State Soil Health Specialist Anna Kate says. Warm temperatures and lack of snow cover can impact the amount of wind erosion we see. Uh, having less snow cover just means the soil is exposed to any wind or water erosion that is going to happen. So we have had some winds, and I, when I've been driving around the state the last couple of weeks, I certainly see a lot of that black snow. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a balancing act, right? If we can hold the soil in the field, we hold nutrients there for farmer use instead of putting them in the water where they aren't so useful. Um, But we also, you know, the the less snow cover might mean an earlier warmer spring, which might be a great thing for farmers. Having residue in the field or a living cover crop can help reduce wind erosion. In its monthly crop progress report, USDA is estimating subsoil moisture supplies to be adequate to surplus in North Dakota. Hay supplies are rated 93% adequate to surplus, Calving progress is 3% complete and 9% of North Dakota lambing is wrapped up. South Dakota crop progress report showed 65% of the state's subsoil moisture is rated adequate to surplus. Winter wheat is rated 53% good to excellent. The European weather model run turned drier for Argentina, southern Brazil, and Paraguay, while the U.S. model still has some rain in the forecast. World Weather Incorporated says the bulk of Argentina's soybeans, corn, sunflowers, and sorghum are grown in the middle two-thirds of the country where the subsoil moisture has been the best. Agronomy on Ice will be held as scheduled on Devil's Lake February 7th. Rock and Roll Agronomy owner Jason Hansen says the condition of the ice is very good. Hansen also says there's still time for vendors to get registered. This has been a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network.
2: Farm business management has tracked data from the Minnesota Water Quality Certification Program for the past four years. Throughout that time, participants outperformed their peers 15 to 20 percent on net farm income
0: does lead to a lot of curiosity, but it does also lead to a conclusion that we know that water quality certification will not damage farm profitability over the long term.
2: Scholarships are available to water quality certified producers to participate in farm business management. Visit agcentric.org for more information. Sugar beet growers from across the United States are converging on Orlando for the American Sugar Beet Growers Association annual meeting. This event serves as a platform for growers to share knowledge and discuss the future of the industry. This is Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Don Wick. Listen for our exclusive coverage of the American Sugarbeet Growers Association annual meeting. These special reports are sponsored by Beta Seed and the Red River Valley Sugarbeet Growers Association.